I'm Michelle. And I'm Lucy. Welcome to another Cameo episode. These very short episodes will be slotted in. We should stop saying very short because a lot of them are full length. (laughs) This one will be. (laughs) These short episodes will be slotted in between the other ones and will cover people who made a fleeting yet tantalizing appearance in other episodes. We don't always have a lot of info about them, so they can't have a full episode of their own, but they're too interesting to abandon completely, and they fill in the gaps and enable us to create as full a picture of the era as we can. And today... Catalina of Montreal. Never heard of her. You haven't heard the name, but you ha- you, we have talked about her. Oh. In a sort of general, who were they... What were they doing? Why? That sort of thing. But ah. we didn't know anything about them. So well, now we've got a name. Okay. And it won't be a long episode because, although I know a bit about her, don't know an awful lot. Okay. She was one of the enslaved people that came to England with Cat- Catherine of Aragon. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she did have slaves. Well, yes. I'm going to talk about that. Okay. She had slaves when she left Spain. Did she have slaves when she arrived in England? Because it wasn't legal. Yes. But she's interesting for several reasons. Yeah, where did she come from? Was she a slave? And she is one of the very few people who know for sure what Henry VIII needed to find out to annul his marriage to Catherine. Oh, don't tell me she was in the room. I don't know about that. Oh, that would be so gross. Maybe servants were so insignificant. I don't know. I don't know if she was in the room, uh, but she was She was intimately involved in that side of things. Okay. That's, that sounds even worse. That sounds worse. <laughs> she, was, she was involved. <laughs> <laughs> they needed a hand. <laughs> oh, dear. I think she made the bed, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Well, this is this is taking an interesting turn. <laughs> she was born in Montreal in Granada. Oh, was she Muslim? She was. Ooh. Thousands fled or emigrated to North Africa when Granada fell to Ferdinand and Isabella's forces. But those who chose to stay or couldn't leave for some reason were enslaved. Yes. And we don't know why she and her parents didn't emigrate. Uh, it'd be interesting to find out whether they thought oh well it won't be as bad as you know, other people say or or we don't have the money we can't get away or maybe maybe one of them is disabled we don't know mm. no idea it's highly unlikely that catalina was her original name i'm pretty she, sure it wasn't <laughs> she was probably given that name when she was given to catherine because you get named after yeah. your master or mistress or she might have been renamed during forced conversion yeah yeah, because she would have had to convert to Christianity too. Yes. And she was in Catherine's retinue when she came to England, and she was one of the two, quote, slaves to attend on the maids of honour, unquote, which implies that they're maids of maids, really, doesn't yes. it? Yes. But the maids of honour were also ladies of significance. They weren't mm. just... Just. They weren't just a <laughs> lowly person who didn't have a title. They were duchesses no, and They were people like Catherine Gordon. And, yes. Yeah. They were listed in Catherine's entourage in 1500. And I don't know the name of the other one. She sadly does disappear into history. Oh. So they will have endured the terrible crossing from Spain. And they will have processed with others in Catherine's entourage through London. 
and we know this because Thomas More made a comment about them. Ah! In a letter to his friend John Holt, Thomas More described her retinue as Lacari, Nudipedes, Pygmae, Ethiopes. Hunchback, barefoot, Ethiopian pygmies. I don't know. I, I probably haven't told you this. I've been learning Latin. Like, actually uh-huh. learning Latin. <laughs> I was and, learning Latin before we started this, and then it all fell to pieces because we were doing this. Yes. Well, it's all been right. something I've been able to do while not being able to do anything else. Mm-hmm. To sit in bed and Duolingo is the one that I'm using, one of them. All right. And it's funny because my husband's like, why are you learning a defunct language? It's never going to come into play in anything. Well, we started watching the TV show The Expanse, and two of the episodes have been titled in Latin, and I've been able to go, oh, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And he just looks at me, I'm like, see, it's relevant. (laughs) Yeah. No, Rob was quite surprised I wanted to, I was learning Latin. But then I said, yeah, but I I learned about Mayan hieroglyphs as well. I mean... (laughs) Which is very cool. <laughs> a lot of the documents that we get are in Latin. So I figured I'd better start actually learning it. But it's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. It's not that easy, no. 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 Even if you've learnt Italian and French and Romance languages, it's, it's still quite pretty tricky. Yes. I mean, rem- remembering all the different declensions and conjunctions. And- yes. And seeing why people translate it four different ways. Ah, I understand yes. now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Latin. Yes, hunchback, barefoot, Ethiopian pygmies. Well, they weren't barefoot. They were wearing sandals, and obviously they weren't Ethiopian. And it seems unlikely that they were hunchbacks, although or we don't pygmies. Know. They wouldn't have been given to the princess then. No, it would be quite a coincidence if they were both hunchbacks and pygmies. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's just it. The slaves given to the nobles were uh, supposed to be of perfect countenance and perfect appearance. Mm. So that sounds more like racism than an actual description. Well, it's also possible that Moore was talking about Catherine's retinue as a whole, commenting that the Spaniards were darker. Oh, ouch. Than fair or pasty English women. But whatever he meant, it was a pretty bitchy thing to say, I think. Yes, it was. I'm not warming to, to Thomas More. It was Catalina's duty to, quote, make the Queen's bed and attend to other secret and private services of Her Highness's chamber, unquote. Ah. Emptying the chamber pot, I should imagine, that sort of thing, yeah. Yes. So she was as close to the Queen as it was possible to be, and she was in attendance on Catherine's wedding night in 1501 with Arthur. But I find it quite interesting that such an intimate position requiring discretion and loyalty should be given to, to one of her slave. enslaved women. Yeah, because she had no possible reason to be loyal to Catherine or her family since she'd been snatched away from her own family and made into a slave. Yeah. You wouldn't, it wouldn't make you warm to, to Catherine, I don't think. No. Uh, depending on how old she was when she was taken. Yeah, I've got no idea about age. Hmm. There's nothing... We know she's not very old. I mean, very old because yeah. she goes. She later history shows that, but she could have been very young. It also would depend on how you're treated. Yeah. Arthur died in 1502, and seven years later, Catherine married Henry. So I made that sound easier than it was. <laughs> <laughs> Catalina would have spent two nights in the inner ward of the Tower of London prior to the marriage ceremony, and she would have been in attendance for that wedding night too. Although that wedding night had slightly less significance. Yes. 
I mean, for Henry and Catherine, obviously it had more significance, <laughs> but for us. Now, was Catherine a slave once she got to England? There was no slavery here at that time. And it wasn't just a passive thing that England hadn't conquered anywhere where slaves might be born. England was actively against the idea of slaves. Yay! Mm, I know, something nice at last. <laughs> Henry VII had set free Pero Alvarez, an African man who'd come to England from Portugal, presumably not his original name, in an indication that slavery was not acceptable in England. Oh, that's fantastic. So, a tick in the Henry column, yes. perhaps. Yeah, and he, my God, he needs them. <laughs> yes. So why did his granddaughter say it was okay all of a sudden? No. He can't be blamed for his granddaughter, I suppose. No. Like, I can't be blamed for mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's lovely. She is adorable. <laughs> In 1569, the law courts would rule, quote, that England has too pure an air for slaves to breathe in, unquote. Oh, so it's not that we don't want slaves, it's that we're too good for them? <laughs> oh, that just oh, lost. that's very, very English at the time, isn't it? <laughs> don't bring us your slaves, messing the place up. Um, William Harrison, in his description of England in 1590, so we're, we're jumping on a bit here, said, quote, As for slaves and bondmen, we have none. Nay, such is the privilege of our country, by the especial grace of God and bounty of our princes, that if any come hither from other realms, so soon as they set foot on land, they become as free in condition as their masters, whereby all note of servile bondage is utterly removed from them, unquote. But what happens when they go back to whatever country they came to England from? Do they go back to being well, a slave? I don't think so, basing that on, on Katerina's story. Oh, okay. But we don't know. I mean, she might have been given special dispensation. I don't know. I can't, I can't really extrapolate to other slaves. Hmm. Okay. They just never leave England. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have my own rights and I am staying here. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, all this talk about, oh, we're, too, <laughs> we're, the, we're the best. We don't have slaves. <laughs> It may have been true for England itself, but already in 1562, John Hawkins had sailed for West Africa, where he traded in enslaved people. Oh. As we shall cover in several years' time, more's the pity. Oh but it's presumably a case of out of sight, out of mind, I think. We don't know whether Catalina was paid or not. And we know that Catherine was chronically short of money between her marriages, and so her retinue as a whole went without pay for much of the time. Yes. The Spanish, the Spanish ambassador, and, you know, there were a few. Which one? But this one, Fuensalida. Fuensalida. Okay. That one. When he came to help or take over from de Puebla, reported to the Spanish king, quote, Never was such cruelty inflicted on a captive in the lands of the Moors as the princess is subjected to here. Oh, unquote. as the princess. Okay, I thought that was going to be the slave. I was like, oh, God, <laughs> that did not go well no, for her. No, but it's a bit much. Yes, that it? is. You killed and tortured people. You forced them to change their religion. Yes. Catherine, yes, yeah, she's going through a hard time. She's short of money, but it's not the same. Not <laughs> at all. But after her marriage to Henry, the rest of them would have been paid. We don't know whether Catalina was paid. Hmm. But that would make a big difference as to whether her status was that of slave while she was here. Yes. Even if she wasn't slave in name. She was later described as, quote, Catalina, once the queen's slave, unquote. Oh. 
Well, does that mean she was once the slave, but no longer a slave because she's on English soil? Or she's been or, given to somebody else. Well, she worked for Catherine, but doesn't any longer. So oh. It could be either. There was no legislation establishing the status of slavery under English law. Parliament never issued any law codes stating who could be considered slaves, as the Portuguese, French and Dutch East India Company did. And presumably that was based on the idea that it was pointless making a law of people just couldn't be slaves in England. Mm-hmm. But just because there's no written law, it doesn't mean that no one was treated like a slave unofficially. Yeah. Then, as now. I mean, people are still being discovered who are being treated as slaves in rather remote farms and things in this country, so... Oh, goodness. Yeah. Not often, I have to say. But plenty of people in England at this time worked for no money, and yet were not officially slaves. Right. Because although the feudal system was in decline at the beginning of Henry VII's reign, at least 400 manors in 30 English and Welsh counties still had villains. Ah, and a villain was either bound to a lord or, or a manor. Land. Mm. Yes. They're expected to work for the lord in return for land, not in return for money. Right. They technically have a living from what they're doing? They do. Yeah. But it's still pretty iffy. I think now we might consider it slavery because they are tied in. Yeah. They're bonded. If, if a man lets his daughter marry a man from another manor, he has to pay a fine as compensation for the loss of future villains for, the, right. for that lord. Yes. Yeah, I'd consider that slavery. Mm. Well, they were free in the eyes of the law. That's all that can be said, really. And to us, we are used not to be answerable to anyone in that way. It seems like an intolerable restriction, but it did provide some guarantees for the villain because they got land, which mm-hmm. they couldn't have got any other way. And the Lord was supposed to take care of them if something went wrong. And the Lord rarely evicted a, a, a villain because he needed them to work. They were restricted in that they were not allowed to leave. But if you weren't going to be able to get land anywhere else, why would you leave? Yes. Unless your Lord was particularly cruel, I suppose. Or unless you think you have opportunities in the town only to discover that it's worse. Yeah. Catalina, however, was able to leave Catherine's household and she returned to Spain. And she married a crossbow maker called Oviedo. Oh! But as, as to how Catalina and Oviedo met, we can't be sure. Henry VIII had a love of weaponry. Okay. Of course. And maybe Oviedo travelled to the English court to demonstrate his skills and met Catalina there. Or maybe it was organised by Catherine herself. Possibly. Maybe Catalina went back to Spain and then met him. But, yeah, it seems odd that she was suddenly... Gone. Went back to Spain. Yeah. And that she got married. Yeah. They might have known each other before in Granada. So who who knows? It might be a lovely little reunited lover's story. That would be nice. Mm. We'll go with that. Yeah. Catalina and Oviedo moved to Malaga, where they had two children, both girls. And on Oviedo's death, Catalina and the girls travel back to Motril in Granada. And I don't know whether she had family there or she just wanted to go home or just Granada's a nice place. So why not? In 1531, a delegation went to visit Catalina to ask her what she knew about the consummation or not of the marriage between Catherine and Arthur. Really? Yeah. So, you know, this is... 
this is it. This is where we find out. This is the moment. Right, okay. <laughs> you will hear it first here on this podcast what the outcome was. We don't know. We don't know what she said. They didn't keep it. I don't know. Maybe she, I don't know whether she refused to tell or whether documentation was lost. Deliberately. Maybe they couldn't find her. Maybe she was dead by that point. We just don't know. Ow. Hmm. It's annoying. Yes. And that is the little we know of Catalina of Motril. <laughs> but that I is very little. It's amazing we know anything of her, really, I suppose. Yes. The fact that she has a name is surprising. Hmm. Even if it's not her own. Well, I just, the other one, we don't have a name. We know nothing no. about her, except that she was female. Yeah, and that she was a pygmy and a hunchback. And <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Thomas More. He was not a nice man. A lot of the no. miniseries and movies make him out to be this kind, gentle person. He was not. He was no. not at no. all. I think... Anton Lesser was miscast in the Wolf Hall because Anton Lesser always sounds nice. He's yes. got this lovely, gentle voice. Yes. At, uh, and the no, tutors. He wasn't a nice man. Um, oh, what was his name? He was in Emma with Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm. Anyway, he comes across as a very lovely man and he's not. Just not a no. nice man. He used to torture people in his own home. You know, his family would be next door. And or upstairs, probably. And he was torturing people. Really? He used to bring his work home with him. Oh, god. Anyway, we'll find out about him next season. And I should imagine that'll be a double, triple, quadruple episode. <laughs> oh, that's not going to be fun. Yeah. Anyway. Well, that's the end of our episode. Why do we get oh, it's pity we, pity we talked about Thomas More because everything else was relatively nice, really, apart from <laughs> suddenly talking about Thomas More torturing people. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Still, we didn't mention syphilis. That's the main thing. <laughs> <laughs> we have now. <laughs> oh, goodbye, then. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>